Amen. We'll have open, please, um, in front of you this passage that we read in, in John's Gospel, in John 19. As I said, we're continuing this, this series that I'm uh, doing with you. Seven times the Lord Jesus Christ spoke uh, from the cross. The first time as they crucified him, uh, he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. The second time he turned to one of the dying criminals beside him, and he said, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. The third time Jesus spoke, he addressed his mother, Mary, and John, the disciple whom he loved, saying, Woman, here is your son, and to John, here is your mother. His fourth saying was a question. The cry of an anguished soul. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the last time I was here, whenever that was, a few weeks ago now, we looked at the fifth time Jesus spoke. The simple words, I thirst. A request maybe, or perhaps just a a, a statement of his suffering. Which brings us to this evening, brings us to this Uh, sixth of Jesus's sayings on the cross it is finished it is finished just one word in the Greek Spurgeon said that it would need all the other words that ever were spoken or ever can be spoken to explain this one word it is altogether immeasurable it is high I cannot attain to it it is deep I cannot fathom it it is the same word that we find in in verse 28 here where it says knowing that all was now uh, accomplished same word in order that the scripture would be fulfilled jesus said i thirst notice that jesus doesn't say here i am finished this isn't a, a cry of of resignation it's not that the last gasp of a, of a man at the end of his, of his tether and a, and a worn out life. Jesus didn't say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. It was a cry of, of achievement, a cry of victory. Not like a, the cry of distress that uh, Queen Elizabeth I, not our current queen, but the one who carried that name before her, Queen Elizabeth I, not like the cry that she gave on her deathbed when she turned to her her lady-in-waiting and calling upon God, she cried out, it is over. I've come to the end, she said. I've come to the end, the end, to have only one life and to have done with it, to have lived and loved And now to know that it is over. She said, one may defy everything else but this. You see, she was was uh, such a pinnacle of of fashion in her day. She was a a leader in in her day. She was the envy of, of half the world. But the last words of Queen Elizabeth I as she lay dying were words of sadness and words of sorrow but not those of Jesus she died weak despite his suffering he died strong 
Jesus' head didn't flop, nor was his life taken from him. Rather, verse 30, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. You see, Jesus was in command and in control to the very end. Unlike us, Jesus was born to die. He knew, didn't he, from the very moment that he entered uh, this world as a human being, that that was his, his destiny. He spoke about it often enough to his disciples. He said how he must be handed over uh, into the hands of sinful men, and he'd be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. He knew that was what was going to happen. There's a famous painting, you may have seen it, you may have heard about it, that, that shows just that, that Jesus as a, as a young man, in his father's carpentry workshop at the end of the day, standing and and stretching out his arms. And as he does so, the, the sun casts a shadow on the wall behind him, and it is the shadow of the cross. The shadow of the cross hung over Jesus all his life because Jesus was born to die. But if his fifth saying... His fourth saying, rather, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And his fifth saying, I thirst. If they express the tragedy of the cross, then this one expresses its triumph. Jesus goes from victim to victory, from being forsaken and from being thirsty to glorious achievement. And I want us to consider this evening This saying, it is finished just briefly together under three headings. The first of those headings is that it is a cry of completion. This cry marked the fulfillment of Jesus' mission. Christ Jesus, we read, uh, Paul said to, uh, to Timothy, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And on the cross, that work of salvation was done. It was done perfectly. It was done once and for all. On the cross, Jesus completed what he had set out to achieve. So it is finished, is this, is this declaration of, of achievement that is made before God and made before Man, People heard it as he cried out. It was made before God and made before man. Do you remember in uh, Jesus' high priestly prayer in John 17, Jesus had said to his Father in heaven, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. He'd done what none of us can ever do. He had lived that perfect life of obedience to God's command. He had loved God with all his heart and his soul and and mind and strength and loved his neighbour as himself. He'd opened the eyes of the blind and made the deaf hear and the lame walk. Think of legion who had cast all those devils out. Or think of Zacchaeus, who, who was changed in a transformed life. Think of Jairus' daughter, who he'd raised from the dead. And, and Mary Magdalene, all these people, that he changed their lives forever. 
He'd taken these and countless other prisoners and set them free from their sins. Throughout his life, Jesus had revealed the, the character of God, hadn't he, in all his holiness, in all his, his mercy. And the one thing that Jesus had, had left to do was what filled him with dread in, in the Garden of Gethsemane, to drink that cup of judgment on sin. And now after six hours on the cross, after three hours of darkness, what, what was called midnight at midday, those three hours of darkness in the middle of the day, of darkness of soul, he had done that. It was finished. All that was necessary to save us from our sins and to reconcile us to God. You know, that word in, in Greek, it means brought to an end. It means fulfilled and, and, and accomplished. The, the idea is, is that it's consummation, if you like. That all that is needed is, is, is done. The results now can, can roll over to the next level. Now the benefits can begin. And the next step for Jesus was, was glory, wasn't it? Via the grave, yes, but not the ultimate destination. And this is the Christian's destiny too, isn't it? If we are in Christ tonight, after death, next stop, glory. Imagine your journey that you're on, next stop, glory. Because Christ has fulfilled all that it's necessary to do to save us. All that was written about the Messiah, Jesus has done it. That last saying that we looked at last time round, uh, I am thirsty. With that last saying, he fulfilled the one remaining prophecy of his life. All that he could achieve, he had, uh, he had achieved. Christ's work on earth was done. He'd, he'd endured that darkness. He'd borne the punishment. He'd drained the cup. We sang it earlier, didn't we, in our, in our hymn just there. Accomplished is the sacrifice. The great redeeming work is done. Remember back in Genesis chapter 11, there'd been this conversation uh, between uh, well, among God, among the three persons of God, hadn't there, Father, Son, and, and Holy Spirit, where they'd said, let us, God said, let us go down. Let us go down, he said in, in Genesis, let us go down and, and judge them. This, this, this arrogant, proud, proud people who think that they can build their way to heaven, let's go down and, and judge them. Well, centuries later, the Lord came down again. Once more in response to a conversation between God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But this time it was let's go down and save them. Let's go and save this rebellious people. Let's go and save rebels like you and me. Who still in their pride and their stupidity and their arrogance think that they can make their own way to heaven. And so we read that the Father sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, so that people like you and me might become sons and daughters of God, 
and adopted into his family. What is it John tells us at the beginning of his gospel? He says, the word became flesh. God became one of us to take that punishment and to die in our place. And so with this cry of it is finished, the one who came down for our sake was now able to go up and ascend back to glory, back to the glory that was his from all eternity because his mission was now accomplished. It was a cry of completion. But it was also a cry of satisfaction, of a job well done. You know, Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, had spoken about this this day some 700 years before, before Jesus was born. Isaiah prophesied about a suffering servant who would bear the sins of his people. He would be cut off from the land of the living and crushed and made to suffer. But after the suffering of his soul, he would see the light of life and be satisfied. The deep desire of his heart would be fulfilled. You see, do you remember when Jesus looked out over, over Jerusalem and he longed to gather its, its children together as a, as a hen gathers its chicks under its wings? And he was, he was cut to the heart, wasn't he, that they, that they wouldn't come, that they refused to come. Because the heart of God longs for people to come to him and be saved. He doesn't want anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. You know, there is much rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents, we read. Well, when Jesus cried, it is finished, it was a cry of satisfaction that what he longed for was now made possible. That sinners separated from God by their sin could now come to him and not be destroyed. If you turn with me to Matthew 27 and to verse 50. Matthew 27, verse 50. Here we read, don't we, in these verses as Jesus cried out again, we read what happened when Jesus said these words, verse 51, that then behold the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth quaked and the rocks were split. That curtain that gave access to to the most holy place where God was, it was some 60 feet long, it was 30 feet thick, High, rather, and it was as thick as the palm of your hand. See, no one went behind that curtain except the high priest, and even then only once a year to make atonement for the people's sins and for their own sins. Everyone else was excluded from God's presence. They couldn't even, they couldn't even peer behind it. But Jesus cries, it is finished. And God answers by splitting that curtain in two. No longer are the people barred from God's presence. You see, the work Jesus did on the cross is satisfying to him 
because it works, because it is effective. By this, Isaiah said, this, by it, this righteous servant will justify many, will make them right with God. And it's satisfying to his father in heaven because justice has been done. Justice divine satisfied. We sang it earlier. The wages of sin is death. And at this point, Jesus' death is just moments away. But sin has been dealt with as it should. Not, not just turn a blind eye, not just brushed under the carpet, but it's been dealt with as justice demands. And the father is completely satisfied and splits that curtain in two. You see, the way to God and salvation has been opened up. So not only is Christ satisfied, not only is the Father satisfied, but now we can come, all us who are thirsty. And we can come without money and without cost and to feed our souls on the richest of fare. We can be satisfied. You know, I think of this week, I don't know whether some of you, I'm sure, can't really have failed to, to notice, can we? The, the woman podcaster, Deborah James, who has been for some five years or so now, has been writing online about her, her battle with, with bowel cancer. Uh, and she's been a, a sort of Twitter sensation, hasn't she? And a, and a YouTube sensation. And she's done so much good work to, to raise money and raise the profile of things. But now it seems that her, her battle with that cancer is coming to an end and she can't uh, cope with it anymore. And she's gone back home for hospice care. I don't know whether you noticed, but what she said, um, one of the things she said when she went back home is she said all I want is more life all I want is more life and we know what she means she means she doesn't want to die just yet she wants to live a bit longer but you know Jesus came to bring us all more life all we want is more life you know, I don't know about you, but I can look back over my life and I can think of days when I drank from what the Bible would call broken systems and things that would not satisfy. And perhaps you're doing the same even tonight and you're looking in the wrong places for what is going to meet your need and meet your thirst and meet your hunger Jesus says he came to bring us life and life to the full. All I want is more life. Well, we can have that life in Christ. We too can be satisfied. Why? Because he said on the cross, it is finished. A cry of completion. A cry of satisfaction and a cry of consolation. You know, these words are a, are a real comfort, at least should be a real comfort to the believer. Amen. Do you feel like a failure sometimes? 
can't only be me, I hope. <laughs> Do you feel like a failure? Ever feel that you're not good enough for God? Ever feel that your, your Christian walk is just uh, one step forward and, and, and two steps back? Ever wonder if you're ever really saved at all? Ever worry that you won't make it to the end? It is finished reminds us that our salvation isn't about what we do, but it is about what Christ has done. And all we need to do is to trust and to rest in his finished work. You see, our, we know it in our heads, but we need to know it in our hearts that our, our standing with God doesn't depend on us, but on him We've had a, what's felt like to us a very busy week. Perhaps every week's a busy week. You know, because we live in a world, don't we, where there's always stuff to do. There's always meals to cook. There's always people to see. There's always jobs to be ticked off. We live in a world of doing and things that need to be done. But Jesus says... It is finished. That's good news, isn't it? It's good news that a holy God, all that he requires has been done for us. Nothing for us to add. No penance to undergo. No good works to perform. No pilgrimage to go on. No punishment we have to endure in order to wipe away our guilt before God. Because Jesus has done it all. We just need to rest by faith on what Jesus has done. And what a relief that is in the light of all our remaining sin. What that, a relief that is when those doubts come and when the devil whispers into our ear, call yourself a Christian. If we are believers here tonight, there is much in us that is still far from perfect, but in Christ we are complete. That's what Paul says in Colossians 2 and verse, two, verse 10. He says, you are complete in him. It's done. It's finished. You know, I said what, what that Greek word means. It means accomplished. It means done. But, you know, there's one other way in which that Greek word is translated in the Bible, as well as meaning brought to an end, as well as meaning fulfilled and accomplished. It can also mean paid. That's its meaning in Matthew 17, verse 24. Remember when Peter was challenged about Jesus not paying the two drachma temple tax when the tax collectors asked Peter, doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? The word for pay there is the same, the same root word that it is here in it is finished. It's the word that the Greeks used for their financial transactions. You know, a, a clerk would write it on, on a sales receipt to mean paid in full. If you were a criminal, a convicted criminal, when you had served your sentence and when you, you were freed from prison, then a sign will be nailed to your door saying this word, tetelestai, meaning you no longer, he no longer owed his debt to society. 
In the same way, Jesus has paid it all. He paid it then. In that instance with Peter, he paid it in the mouth of a fish so as not to give offence and he paid it once and for all on the cross, the offence of the cross. The debt of our sins has been discharged in full. I don't know if you're a Christian who has a tender conscience, but that's a comfort to you, isn't it? (laughs) Jesus has paid it all. It's an old hymn that puts it that way. I hear the Saviour say, thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray, find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. And when before the throne I stand in him complete, Jesus died my soul to save, my lips shall still repeat. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. All our sins were laid on him. And if God laid them on him, then they are no longer on me. Yes, we know as believers, we know that sin is still in us, but it's not on us. You think of Christian in the Pilgrim's Progress, and you think of that that weight on his shoulders when it just rolled away and went down that hill. It's been lifted and taken away. Someone has said that the cross of Christ is the grave of our sins. This cry of Jesus, then, it is finished. It is a cry of victory. Will this be your victory cry at the end of your life? Will you be like Queen Elizabeth I? Will you have a life full of regrets, however dazzling? your life might have been will you have a life full of regrets or will this be your cry will you have some navel gazing introspection at all your failings or will you have this eye on the completed work of Jesus for your sins you see this is a word for us to remember many of you tonight you're young your life humanly speaking is, is years ahead of you It's a word for you tonight, but perhaps this is a word that's especially a comfort if we're at the other end of the spectrum. When doubts come and assurance fails, rejoice, believer, because our Saviour has done it all. Perhaps you're not a believer here tonight. While Jesus has finished his work, there is still unfinished business for you. Are you still trying, perhaps? Are you still trying to add something to this this completed work of Christ? Like, Like Israel of old, are you still trying to build your way to heaven with all your, all your good works and all your goodness and your kindness and your giving and your loving? Are you trying to add to what Christ has done?
you know, there are some things in, in life that are destroyed, aren't they, when you try to add to them. Think of your face. You will know what your face looks like. Think of your face. You know, an extra nose doesn't improve it. Another ear in the middle of your forehead doesn't improve it. It just ruins the beauty of what God has done. And the same is true with you and your salvation. There is nothing for you to do except look to Jesus on the cross. Repent of your sin. Fall on your knees before him and trust in him. It is finished. Thank God for that one word, that it is done. It's done for me. It's done for you. May God bless his word to our hearts.